This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It is always a joy to start the morning with you, and we appreciate the fact that our tens and tens of listeners are out there. And we have been able to engage with a couple of, I mean, I guess we probably have engaged with about 40% of our <laughs> listeners um, who have taken the time to send us emails, which we appreciate. And you, if you have questions or just want to give us some feedback, you can email us at thegospelforlifeidaho at gmail.com. We truly enjoy being able to hopefully help you start your day thinking biblically about life. Our radio show is called The Gospel for Life because we do believe that the gospel is something that we need every day. It's something that we need to think about, preach to ourselves, impacts all of the different arenas of our of our life. Um, and so hopefully, as we've been the last little bit going through this series on progressive Christianity. Back in the day, this would have been called liberal, um, liberalism. Machen wrote a book called Christianity and Liberalism a mm-hmm. hundred years ago. We are on the hundredth anniversary of J. Gresham Machen's book, Christianity and Liberalism. I would encourage you to, to read it. Even though it's a hundred years old, I still believe it it's very relevant and reads as if it could have been written The reason it's today. relevant is because the Bible is relevant. And so he's, he's pointing out that liberalism is another religion besides the, the biblical understanding of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And today what he referred to as liberalism is now the new phrase is being progressive, progressive mm-hmm. Christianity. And Michael Kruger wrote a book called The Ten Commandments of Progressive Christianity in which he's responding to different principles that progressives hold. And we've been working our way through this list, and today we are dealing with the concern of progressives, the accusation of progressive. I don't know how you want to say it, but think about it. But what they are concerned with is that there are people that are disillusioned with the, the institutional church, they love Jesus, but they're skeptical of religious organized structures. So Jesus is good, the church is bad. That's the simplistic way of talking about this. And so the the principle is that meeting actual needs is more important than maintaining institutions. It's the sense of that what really matters is what we do as individuals not about the institutional church itself. How would you engage with progressives on this particular concern? I think, first of all, there is a sliver of truth to the concern. 
in that there are churches that are more concerned with numbers, with the veneer of what they're doing or how they look or not really dealing with the hard spiritual issues that we all struggle and wrestle with. And um, so there is behind that some element of truth to be disillusioned. But in that, my opinion is the, um, the disillusionment comes from an idea that the church is perfect or supposed to be perfect. And the church isn't perfect. It's we're sinners saved by God's grace and in need of God's grace. And as soon as we have sinners getting together, there's going to be failures. There's going to be disappointments. And on an institutional level, that can that can happen as well. So maybe you guys don't agree with this. I actually I actually cringe a little bit when people refer to the church as an institution mm-hmm. because I I don't think it is because it, it's it's always spoken of in an organic way in scripture. Mm. And so even that characterization of it as an institution makes me bristle just slightly. See, am I, am I way out of bounds on this? No, because no, it brings a, a business mentality to it. And yeah. we can't treat the church like a business because yeah. it's not a business. Yeah, I think it aligns with the biblical analogies that we're given, right? We're given a flock, we're given a family, we're given the bride of Christ, we're given the body of Christ. None of those are mm-hmm. institutions in and of themselves. And I think part of what Ryan touched on too is when when the church is thought of that way and maintaining the institutional parts of the church become more important than people, the church has gotten off mission. Mm-hmm. But there is a false dichotomy. You cannot love Jesus and not love his bride. Right, exactly. And that's the danger of this, is when you can dismiss the church um, in the pursuit of Jesus, you get something nebulous outside of it. Right. Jesus and his people are united together. The other thing, you know, folks who make the claim, well, I don't like organized religion. Mm-hmm. Well, have you tried disorganized? <laughs> How's that working out? <laughs> yeah. 20 years ago or more, you know, and I don't know if it's still a movement or not, but you had a church growth movement and, you know, they were trying to change the mentality of those that um, led a church from being shepherds to being, in a sense, ranchers, you know, and if you, if you understand the, the difference, the shepherd is with his sheep all the time, <laughs> you know, the rancher is just, you know, moving as many across to, as he can to market, you know, and he, and so it, it becomes numbers and weight gain and all those other things where the shepherd is truly worried about his sheep, protecting his sheep, you know, feeding his sheep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that this, sometimes the mentality slips in, you know, where the church becomes a, a business flowchart, mm-hmm. you know, where you're just, this is, you know, it's just corporate, It's it is corporate. And so we need to be careful that, you know, understand that that would be a a flaw that would be you know going in the wrong direction but as you pointed out this organic nature of the church being the body of christ and the bride of christ i mean it's i mean we're giving sweet understanding what the church is supposed to be Mm -hmm. the church is a beautiful movement of the gospel being planted in places in the hearts of people right Mm -hmm. that become disciples and then there is some organization that happens Uh, i think of like paul leaving titus on the island of crete to Mm -hmm. begin to organize those groups together the problem is when when that organization begins to trump the gospel, then you get institutionalism, mm-hmm. and then it usually flows into becoming a museum. And, and that organization is important because, and that's what shows you that the church actually gathers together as a church, right. as a body, as a as a people uh, called out and called together. Whereas, you know, I mean, you wouldn't have 
uh, Paul talking about elders and discipline or any of that yeah. stuff if everybody was a everybody was an island to themselves. Yeah, Acts 6 imposes an organization on this movement in order to do what? To continue to meet the needs of the people when the mm-hmm. widows weren't getting their daily portion. And that's a good, although we, maybe we don't want to use the word institutional institutional church, but there is an organizational to, structure to it. And that organizational structure is not given to us by mankind. It's given to us by Christ. He's the one that established the elders. He's the one who gave us deacons. And that's the structure of the church. I mean, if you just think about it as, I mean, just take one of the terminologies used in Scripture, that it's it's a, a husband and wife. It's mm-hmm. the bride and her, the bridegroom. In that relationship, in the husband and wife relationship, there is a, the whole relational component, and that is the key. That's the core. It, it's about the relationship is the fundamental component to a good marriage. But there are also, if you will, institutional mm-hmm. aspects to that. <laughs> Try to just live on love mm-hmm. and see how that works. Well, no, you you need to have an income. You need to pay for clothing and food and housing. And there there's a component to the relationship that works itself out in the the mundane details of of life that support the 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 relationship. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's necessary, and the church is no different. The core component of the church is the relationship of the the bride and the bridegroom, of husband and wife, if you will, of Christ and his people. Mm-hmm. However, there there are the mundane aspects of that quote unquote marriage. That you you have to you have to take care of some of that business. Now the problem is when that supersedes the relationship. And that also would be true in any marriage. Mm -hmm. If a marriage just becomes about paying bills and making sure that everybody's fed, and that becomes how you live life, well, that's not the core of what a marriage is. Mm -hmm. And that's dysfunction. So don't judge the biblical framework by the dysfunction that we sometimes see around us. Well, this whole idea of the progressive mentality um, is really denying what Jesus actually has said about his church. And he's, he, he does say, I will build my church. And he expects for it to continue. It is important. And, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, he says. So there's, a, there's this attitude of, of Christ. He's the one that's building this church. This is his institution, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and that word institution not necessarily a negative in nope, the sense nope. that we would we recognize that there's an institution of the family, there's an institution of of the church, and there's an institution of government, and each has its place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and the the reality is, as we are in this vertical relationship as God's people collectively, corporately with with God. That does have horizontal implications. Mm-hmm. Where to live out that vertical relationship in the horizontal, which mm-hmm. I mean the two great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor. Mm-hmm. And so it is it would be dysfunctional if the church did not have a horizontal component to to its work. Mm-hmm. Um 
But if it's only horizontal, it would also be dysfunctional because there has to be a vertical component. It's both and, not either or. Yeah, that's a running theme through all 10 of these is the elevation of the horizontal relationship over the vertical relationship and or even to the neglect of it, that Mm -hmm. the church exists for the glory of God. And then one of the ways in which we glorify God is the proclamation of the gospel and the service to our and love of our neighbor. And to use that, uh, you know, marriage illustration that scripture uses and rest that you were talking about, we would all, I think, agree that a marriage where all the physical stuff is provided, but there's no affection shown, that's not a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. Or if there's all this affection, but nothing is provided, then that also is not a healthy marriage. There's this, this dual purpose of our relationship to God, but also relationship to one another, maintaining the truth of God's word and the quote unquote institution of the church, but also the love that's to extend to our brothers and sisters. At the end of the day, what we really just need to center on is that the church was not created by people. Yeah. The church is something that God instituted from the very beginning of time. It's not even a New Testament concept. It's it's the way God has always dealt with his people as his corporate body. And sometimes we tend to think of it, it is an institution like Jonathan said, but it's not a human institution. Mm-hmm. It's a God-ordained one. Mm -hmm. And our problem becomes when we take what God has instituted and make it about what we created. And so I think there's just some fundamental flaws in the progressive mindset. I think in order to be connected to the head, you have to be connected to the body. In order to be in a relationship with the groom, you have to be connected to the bride. Yeah, Calvin would say that in order to have God as your father, you have to have the church as your mother. Yep. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will continue to work through different principles of progressive Christianity and how we might respond to them tomorrow.